welcome to the Park Road Podcast for May 12, 2019. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Ladane McLeese Pulaski, recently retired executive director of the Baptist Peace Fellowship and a member at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, Knowing by Heart. He had been unresponsive for days. The only sound in his hospital room, the incessant whirring and beeping of the machines to which his body was hooked. If you've ever been in a room like that, then you know the peculiar way in which it can be so very noisy and so very quiet at the same time, when a voice that you have known for many years is suddenly silent. By the time I, as a chaplain intern, had been called in, his two middle-aged daughters had been told that it was only a matter of days, perhaps hours. They had asked for a chaplain, and so there I was, in all 25 years of wisdom. The three of us gathered around him, and they shared with me who he had been and what he had meant to them. I encouraged them to share their goodbyes directly with him, knowing that it's often been shown that people, even when seemingly completely unresponsive, can at least at some level hear what happens around them. And whether he heard their words or not, they needed to speak them. And speak they did, pouring out to him their deep love, their gratitude, and their blessings for this, the next stage of his journey. Daddy, We love you and we're going to miss you, but we know that this is your time. When they were done, they asked for scripture. I asked if they or he had favorites, and after we had read several of them, one of them said, how about the 23rd Psalm? I held hands with both of the daughters They each took one of his hands and we began. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I don't know exactly when we noticed it. But at some point, we all realized that there was a fourth voice in the room. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for there thou art with me. 
this completely unresponsive man, steeped in the words of his church, holding hands with two of his most beloved, standing at the threshold of stepping over, was saying the words that he knew by heart. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. It wasn't a miracle in the sense that he was healed. He did not then wake up and speak. He remained afterwards as silent as he had been before. The doctors were right. His death was imminent. But his joining his voice with ours was a deep moment of grace, reminding us of who he had been and would be, whose he had been and would remain, and reminding us that this hardest of all moments was also holy. Surely, Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And the last words he spoke on this earth, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I know very well that this sounds like something that I might have pulled off the internet at, say, 8 a.m. this morning, something you might find on DesperatePreacher.com. <laughs> or is that a .org? <clears throat> but I promise you, this story happened just the way I've told it, and it was one of the holiest moments of my life. I was thinking about that story recently as I read daily Facebook posts from a friend who was on a pilgrimage with his parents. My friend's father has dementia and is clearly on a threshold into a next phase. On the first day of the trip, my friend wrote, so before the disease completely takes hold, my mom and I have composed a trip that will take us to favorite vacation spots former home cities and visits with old friends and family. Our hope is to rekindle old stories in his memory and frankly in ours, and to experience this time as a family one last time. As you can imagine, the journey was bittersweet. At some points, lovely beyond compare and at others, lonely beyond belief. Many of the visits did indeed spark his dad's memory, and his face would light up with recognition, and he would share stories with joy and delight. But then each time they got back in the car, he would forget what they were doing and why, and ask a hundred, two hundred times over, where are we going? until my friend was at his wit's end. How do you answer that question a hundred times? And then a few days in, my friend posted a picture, 
taken from the outfield of an unnamed stadium. There's a runner on second. The next pitch is about to be thrown. The sun is setting, bright pink against a brilliant blue, and he writes, this trip with my father dealing with dementia has not been easy. At times, he's just so lost. And in those times, I overreact in my frustration. But tonight, tonight was like so many others watching a game together, something we've done literally hundreds of times. Tonight was a good night. My heart caught in my throat as I read his post. And perhaps it was only coincidence that a few days later, Facebook shared a picture for me with me. You know how Facebook likes to say, hey, this one got a lot of likes six years ago. The picture was taken from behind the backstop. The batter on deck is taking a practice swing. The batter at the plate is about to enter his crouch. And though I cannot see myself in the picture, I know. My father has bought us a bag of peanuts, as he always does. We're covered in the dust of peanut shells, as we always are. He's sitting to my right. He's telling stories which we both know may or may not be strictly true. And we're laughing. And I am sitting next to him at a baseball game for what would prove to be the very last time. What is it that you know by heart? The crack of the bat? The pop of the ball as it smacks into a glove? The sound of the car engine, everybody piled in and heading somewhere, anywhere, as long as you're together. The feel of a loved one's hand in yours. The sound of his voice or her laughter. The words you've heard a thousand times. The Lord is my shepherd. What do you know? by heart. What we know by heart shapes us. Over and over, the Holy One says to us, I am the one who is and always will be present for you and with you. To bless and keep, guide and direct, discipline and redeem. I am not a definition that you can master. I am a promise you can trust. And this divine mercy, this godly goodness, isn't just out there somewhere. It pursues us all throughout our lives. A couple of weeks ago, I was sitting in Gail Hill's church in Chico, California. For those of you who don't know, Gail is a former Park Road intern who's now an absolutely amazing pastor. You learn from the best, you become the best. 
waiting for worship to begin. I was pretty early since Gail is the pastor and had to be there early. I was paging through Facebook. I was reading mostly people's reactions to the awful massacre of Muslims at prayer in New Zealand, which had happened just the day before. A Muslim friend of mine posted a verse from the Quran, verily in the remembrance of Allah do hearts find rest. Those words spoke to me in that moment, and as I reposted them, I had this sudden thought that I might share passages of Islamic scripture and tradition for 50 days in honor and remembrance of those who had died. And I began with this one, which has long been one of my favorites. Allah Almighty says, whoever draws close to me by the length of a hand, I will draw close to her by the length of an arm. Whoever draws close to me by the length of an arm, I will draw close to him by the length of a fathom. Whoever comes to me walking, I will come to her running. Another Muslim friend of mine responded, that concept that if we turn to God, he will come running is one of the reasons I accepted Islam. What do you know by heart? Do you know how the right word at the right moment can touch a broken place within you? Do you know how a kind gesture from a friend can mean everything in the moment of need? Do you know how goodness and mercy come running toward you? What do you know by heart? Years ago, I read an essay that has stayed with me ever since. I regret that I didn't keep it and I no longer remember the author's name. My internet searches have yielded nothing. It is not on DesperatePreacher.com. But it's okay, because I've never forgotten the author's central point. He shared that he had earlier written an article in which he said that the Bible speaks more about loving neighbors than it does about loving God. Somebody had angrily confronted him about this, insisting that it could not possibly be true. So he sat down and did the research, verse by verse by verse, and he found out that he was right. The Bible does speak more, a lot more, about loving neighbor than it does about loving God. But he also found, as he wrote, I had missed the point, and I had been missing it for years. Far more than the Bible speaks about our loving God, even far more than it speaks about us loving our neighbors, it says this, God loves us. God loves us. Somebody asked me this week, I mentioned that I was preaching, and they said, oh, what are you preaching about? I was kind of embarrassed to say, um, I'm preaching about how God loves us. And yet, what more is there really? I grew up like many of you did, Southern Baptist. We used to have children's church. And I remember so clearly the Sunday when I decided to walk the aisle and give my life to Jesus. 
I was really young. And yet, I've never really lost hold of the one thing I had that day, which was that God loved me. And everything I've done in response is a response to being loved. So really, a sermon about God loves us? You don't really need all the other sermons if you really get that one. Over and over and over, the Holy One says to us, you do not belong to the powers of evil and sin and death, though they surely surround you. I love you. You belong to me of whom you can say with confidence and trust, the Lord is my shepherd. The hymn writer Isaac Watts rendered the words of the psalm in this way. The sure provisions of my God attend me all my days. O may thy house be my abode and all my work be praised. There would I find a settled rest while others come and go. No more a stranger or a guest, but like a child at home. God's arms ache for us. Always and forever. May we always know those words by heart. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.